0: Welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media. It's a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name is Reese and alongside my good friend Armando, we are joined today with huge friend of the podcast, David Farrell. David, I gotta ask, before how you're doing today, uh, have we given you a nickname on this podcast yet? Uh, no, you have not. and Please don't no 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 you can't get
1: away with that yeah no
0: everyone's got one everyone's got one we have let's see hot take Mondo uh the artist formerly known as Reese although I'm now like the Reese incarnate uh yeah Reese
2: you have like five things going right now I got five Reese incarnate Bach Lesnar
0: uh let's see what Sam is Sam Kuiper Jr and I think also lawyer Sam Alex is the rad Russian Buffalo Mike yeah we gotta find something for you Dave we can uh, workshop this later. That's fine. Workshop <laughs> it later. <laughs>
1: okay. As as you start sweating over there, dude, I, I see you. Uh,
0: okay. Okay. So, Dave, what could Dave's nickname be? Um, you've got an awesome bar behind you that you built into your basement. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, we uh, moved into this house about a year ago. Uh, basement was unfinished. Um, so we, uh, hired someone to, uh, finish the basement for us and we definitely wanted a bar. Um, so we have, um, thanks to my parents, a bunch of light and neon signs and we have a wet bar that's over there with some, uh, floating shelves to hold all of the glasses and liquor. Mm -hmm. And we have a mini fridge over there. So we are stocked and ready to go.
0: Yeah, that's a good looking bar. I know. I know you come. It from looks a, from, nice. You come from a, a proud you, lineage you. of uh, home bars, as I'm well aware, from your parents' place and your parents' new place. Yes, sir. Wait, do your parents still live up Blackhawk Road? They do. Yeah. Okay. Cool. They're still. Yeah, there. they have that acreage out there. Oh man, could not um, going strong.
2: Which yeah, they have a separate building full of um, all of these signs and jukeboxes. They have five jukeboxes. Really? Um, a, a Cuz they ball. collect they, them or because you have just like a massive bar. Yeah, they collect them. They go to auctions and get more. Um and whatever they don't want, I get. Um so this is all from them. <laughs> Armando, okay. That's a nice that's a
0: nice sun perk. So this this, this could be incriminating to us, Dave, but I can tell you oh. at least from my experience with you. And this is the funny thing. Growing up in Cedar Falls, Would you say that there wasn't a big alcohol culture in high school? I think there was. We just weren't included. Okay, so that's the thing. So here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. That's what I'm getting to. Was when I went to college and I found out, like, how many of my friends, like, got trashed in high school drinking... I'm like, this is so weird. This really wasn't a thing. Whereas, like, you and I, when we hang out at your parents' place, that we as we've alluded to, had this dope bar. We're like, you know it would be really cool is if we respect this bar and we don't touch the alcohol. We just, like, have the Coke coals <laughs> that are in the fridge.
2: Reese, we did nothing. We drank energy
0: drinks and played foosball for hours on end. Yeah, dude. Was the life? Things haven't changed. Then things haven't changed, but college football conferences have changed, which is going to be the hey, main topic hey, look at of that conversation segue. today.
1: Holy moly! Look at that. No, I was gonna wait before you go into this segue. I was just gonna say, I feel like I feel like parents that are very casual about alcohol and like have it in their culture as a family, but like you know, don't make it taboo. Normally, the like kids are just like "Eh, whatever about alcohol. Like like Logan like Logan's been going to bars with her parents since she was like six years old. Really? And like lo like Logan is not a big drinker, and neither is her brother. And and my in laws are like super upset that they. They never, like, got super into beer. Unlike me, I love beer, and beer was taboo in my house.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, that's fair. And we'll
1: talk about my high school stories on a different
0: day. But first, Reese is going to tell us about Patreon. If you want to hear more about Armando's high school drinking exploitations, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash fcsm you will get access to bonus episodes, outtakes, and exclusive B reviews, including our current series, Speedy and Angry, a 10 part deep dive into the Fast and Furious franchise, as well as Season Zero. Plenty of wonderful content on there. Don't forget to subscribe. But if you just want to be casual friends, keep it simple, keep it loose, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, at, oh man, Fountain City SM. Sorry, I had to think for a second. Fountain City SM, Instagram and Facebook. And you can also find us on TikTok at Fountain City Sports Media. Give us a follow. Interact with us. You know, we're always happy to see people, even if you're trolling us. We love good troll comments. You know, we give them, we take here. Uh, but long story short, tonight we're very thrilled to have David Farrell join the podcast. Wait, Armando, what's going on?
1: More importantly, please consider downloading the podcast uh, because we are we're trying to up our downloads. It's really important, especially as we start to have talks with um, with sponsorships and having those. Big, sweet, sweet download numbers are very important to us. So when you listen to the podcast and you press that play, don't forget on the bottom as well, there is also a download button on most of the podcast apps. And again, that really helps us with numbers. We actually didn't, I didn't really know that downloads matter that much, but they really do. So give us a help. Even if you can't help us out on Patreon, a quick download will help us out. Anyway, Reese, continue.
0: You know, I'll continue what Armando said. Uh, I'm spouting this out to, to our listeners. Uh, if you have not considered downloading, we are in conversation with a legitimate, a legitimate sports company that you would recognize easily, but we cannot say their name while we are in negotiations. Uh,
1: During contract negotiations, I feel like I feel like I'm like a. Actually, never mind. <laughs>
0: oh, what's it called? An NDL non disclosure or NDA non disclosure agreement? Yeah, we're we're in NDA talks right now, so uh, you know. Give us a download. Have your dog download our podcast. You know, it's always nice to have friends downloading friends, you yeah. know, so we can continue to bring you the highest quality content. Anything else, Armando?
1: No, not really, man. I think I think we're ready to dive in on this on this big college football news. Now that we have David here to contribute on his college
0: football knowledge. Well. College Knowledge David Farrell. Oh, my gosh. Could that be David? College Singh? Knowledge
1: double, double nerd, dude. Dude. Okay, so hold Didn't on. Didn't Back- drink in high
0: school, and now his nickname is College Knowledge. College Knowledge. I like that. I like the intellectual savior, David Farrell. <laughs> we're still workshopping. I see. That's okay. <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to spitball some more things to you. Uh, very last thing I want to talk about, just, just realizing, talking about David. Uh, we would like to formally announce the introduction of the Fountain City Sports Media Trivia Bowl. Uh, That's going to be a multi-week, multimedia experience with uh, some of our favorite Fountain City Sports Media co-hosts. And uh, Dave, we would like to formally make you our first invitee to the Trivia Bowl. Uh, Would you be interested in taking part in this multi-level, non-multi-marketing scheme?
2: Gladly accept. It sounds challenging. Let's go it's 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 not
1: a multi-marketing scheme but you do have to recruit five people and they do have to pay a total of two hundred dollars per person to come into the tournament but we'll talk about those details afterward once you sign this non-disclosure agreement
0: and also i mean just like your earning potential is unlimited you're basically your own manager (laughs) in the situation you're your own gm
1: if you if you recruit 100 people we will take the mr unlimited nickname from (laughs) russell wilson and bestow it on you. Oh, dude, that's bad. They're,
0: play- they're playing the Mr. Unlimited thing like non stop on the 610 Sports Mr. Radio. Mr. Right Unlimited. Right <laughs> Mr. Unlimited. Oh, so bad. Uh, Mr. Unlimited David Farrell. Mr. Worldwide David Farrell. I know you were a Pitbull fan once upon a time. We all were. Hmm. I kind of like this. Okay, we got a few. We're going to workshop this. So here's the challenge By the time the Fountain City Sports Media Tree Bowl comes along, you're going to have a nickname and uh it's going to be your moniker. And that's how we'll keep uh keep you posted in the standings.
1: Also, to uh, to uh, start some trivia now, what is Pitbull's real name?
2: Do you guys actually know this? Oh yeah, I have no idea. Armando. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I, I had no idea. I was gonna say Pit Miss Bullium or something like that. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was faking. Anyway. <sighs> David, we have called you on this podcast today because there have been earth-shattering events uh, that have threatened this country to uh, serious ramifications over the last few days. I am, of course, talking about Thursday. This past Thursday, UCLA and USC broke on Twitter that they were in very close finalization talks with the Big Ten to become the latest members, number 15 and 16, of the Big Ten Conference Uh, Word on the street is that UCLA and USC approached the Big Ten, who had no interest in those guys originally. But when the second largest media market in the country comes knocking, you do not leave them at the doorstep. Dave, what was your initial reaction, and where were you when you heard this shocking news?
2: Yeah, you nailed that. Um, I was just minding my own business, working working from home. I got a flurry of texts from our good friend, Sam Kuiper Jr. Um, the first being, uh, was a five-star, uh, prospect, um, who's going to make his announcement at one o'clock that day. And then <laughs> yeah, in maybe, Iowa, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And then, uh, three minutes later, he sent me the UCLA USC text and said, um, what? And then shortly after our group text started blowing up too. Um, and I don't want to leave out Kevin Durant about an hour later uh, <laughs> saying that he wanted to be traded from Brooklyn. but yeah, I uh, was just refreshing my Twitter feed the whole rest of the day, really, just uh, in a glass case of emotion there.
0: Man. It was shocking news when I saw it because it was it was kind of like Texas and Oklahoma last year. It wasn't like conversations have opened. It was suddenly, guess who's moving in? And it's like, wow, okay, how long have you guys been dating? How, how'd you meet? Uh, so obviously, this is adding the second biggest media market to the Big Ten. Uh, one dichotomy I've noticed in the Big Ten strategy of acquisitions versus the SEC strategy of acquisitions is the SEC seems to focus solely on football and finding like the biggest football brands they can add to their uh-huh. conference while honestly still staying within their regional footprint, while the Big Ten seems to be doing the opposite in their acquisitions and being like, yo, I know that subscribers matter, but they're still going after the big media markets. Do you see one Mm -hmm. of those strategies being better than the other in the long term? Oh man, Um, you're right, it is
2: just so different. You look at the Big Ten, they're going after the big markets, so I believe they're getting a lot more money than the SEC is getting right now, mm-hmm. um, but if you look at on-field success, the SEC, um, the Big Ten hasn't really competed with them in the last what, 15, 20 years. But you look at the SEC; their biggest market is probably Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, Atlanta. Um, there's no doubt they can keep this thing rolling. But yeah, the the Big Ten reaching out to LA and getting that market. I don't think there's um, any doubt that they can maybe
1: pull ahead I I think that the irony here is that USC and UCLA Went to the Big Ten for money as opposed to like the Big Ten going to USC and UCLA for money, because I heard um, and I don't have a source to quote it, but from the places that I was researching, Oregon and Oregon State were actually making more money off of their Pac uh, Pac twelve deals than USC mm-hmm. and UCLA were making. I'm sure like there's a Nike implication there or something, but that's what's funny is that they were just like, okay, who ha- who in NCAA has a market that's going to boom? Like right now, apparently Big Ten TV talks before USC and UCLA came in, TV talks were looking at $1 billion deal Mm -hmm. um, to kind of get that in. So I'm sure USC was looking and USC is like, hey, UCLA, you're coming with us because we're going to keep this rivalry. But we're also going to make a ton of money and screw Oregon and Oregon State. So I think that's funny because like when you look at it, you think that USC is going to bring in the money. But USC was scrambling for money. They're like, yo, we need to make some cash in the pack. And the Pac-12
2: ain't it. no no no, you're right um usc they're um from what i was hearing today they're in serious debt and they're looking around and they're looking at the big 10 and they're saying that northwestern uh great school but not great athletics they're making twice as much as usc is
1: which is crazy someone has to pay for lincoln riley's like 27 bathroom mansion
2: (laughs) maybe that's why they're in debt they're giving him five houses
0: (laughs) (laughs) well uh so there's some, there's some interesting talk going around right now. Uh, so an Xbox Sports President Bob Thompson placed Oregon's media rights value at 30 million and Stanford's at 45 million. Uh, so we, if we, if we're talking about so, I mean, we're, we're talking about markets here, and we're also talking about like brands making more money than other brands, like we've kind of talked about. Big Ten going after market, SEC going after brand. Uh, if if USC's actual market value was less than Oregon's in terms of the pack. 12 deal do you think that has to do with more of a poor media deal negotiated for usc or do you think oregon is actually that strong of a revenue driver
2: i mean when you have phil knight backing you head of nike you know you gotta think that oregon has to be a player in this um eventually it, it doesn't sound like that's the case right now but um i think when usc comes knocking you can't say no
0: no, I, I agree. Uh, you know, they've got history. And even though they've really only been relevant once in our lifetime for about, how long is Pete Carroll there, like, felt like forever, but probably six, maybe yeah, seven like five, years. six yeah, years. I was yeah. going to say
2: like five to ten years. Yeah.
0: Which, you know, we've had this conversation on this podcast. No, maybe not on the podcast, but this is so funny to me. I know we've talked about this, Dave. Like, even when USC had, like, you know, Pete Carroll in that era – didn't those USC teams always feel more unbeatable than even these like Nick Saban, Alabama teams did? Oh, totally. They I, did. They, they truly did. I mean, I, I,
1: I remember watching the USC, Oklahoma national championship and I'm almost positive USC won 56 to like seven. Oh yeah. And none, none, none of these Bama championships have been blowouts. They've, they've been
0: nail biters against Georgia and like people in their own conference. Yeah, Dave, why, why do you think that USC had this like boogeyman air about him that Alabama doesn't even seem to have after what is it like seven national champs in the last 12 years? I think what
2: USC did, um, specifically what Pete Carroll did, is that he kept talent in L.A. Um, so he was able to get the Reggie Bushes, the Matt Weinerts. Um, he just owned the state of California. And now they're all going to Texas. They're going to Alabama. They're, they're leaving the state. So... I mean, USC, they're never going to have bad talent, but it's not what it could be.
0: That's very fair. I think another thing, just speaking on the talent that they brought in as well, is that the one thing that uh, Bama has not done well compared to USC is the USC brought in a bunch of future NFL talent at quarterback. You know, Whether Mm -hmm. or not their NFL careers were actually successful, you had that lineage of Carson Palmer, Matt Mm Leinart, Mark Sanchez, John David Booty, I think even, I think Barkley's a backup with the Bills now or something like that. Who's the best QB that Alabama's had during their reign, like Tua? And then, what, maybe, who is that McCaffrey dude or McCarron they had a few years ago? Remember him, A.J. McCarron? Oh, A.J. McCarron, yeah. 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 A.J.
2: McCarron, he had like a cup of coffee in the NFL.
0: Yeah, and and other than that, like transferred Jalen Hurts for like a hot second, but I mean, he was benched. He played so poorly, he was benched in the title game for Tua. So, you know, it's not like they've had Good quarterback after good quarterback, and I think to a degree that's got to be where the USC thing starts right there is great quarterback play followed by what was a generational college talent, Reggie Bush.
1: Yeah, and 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 you kind of hit the nail on the on the head right there, where where Pete Carroll prioritized offense, where Saban prioritizes defense. So like, yeah, you you can win games, but you, but you're not going to blow out games if if your whole team is not focused on this like pro style West Coast offense that Pete Carroll's was. And of course, like him, you know, of course you have uh, Nick Saban and his a thousand running backs and like ground and pound. But Pete Carroll brought this like West Coast spread it out offense that really, I think, changed. I think I think it dictated the change in the NFL. Like what Pete Carroll was doing at USC to then translate into what happened in the NFL. But that's another podcast for another day. The Pete Carroll is the Steph Curry of the of college football
0: man dave speaking of which you came in here poking <laughs> the tiger in the group chat before we're talking about college football and you're like ah oh, steph curry pretty steph good for Curry's in 99 baby Dude, how can you be a 99 when your defense i'm not even gonna go i'm not gonna go there that. uh hey he actually, he tries okay uh, uh,
1: dave i'm sorry but i actually don't think that that's a real twitter like like a like a, a verified
2: account hey. Armando, you know our group chat at this point is just finding stuff online (laughs) just to poke the bear, okay?
0: Yep! poke the bear but but
1: but like but like i can never tell like specifically with you whether you're poking or whether you're being serious like i know you're poking sometimes but but you have such a great balance in our chat where like me i'm just always trying to burn the chat down but you 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 do say some like authentic things that i can't tell you know sometimes if you're being authentic or not in that sense but yeah steph curry fake news not 99
2: yeah usually my uh i guess i don't want to give my secrets away but um if i'm just trolling i'll just send something and then back away and not say anything else <laughs> D- David um, left if, if i chat. do have facts i will keep going on but <laughs> sam sam warned
0: us about that when he came in a uh, pre-nfl draft chat you may remember uh, but hey, speaking of our friend Sam Kuiper Jr., he cannot be here today since he is on the front lines in Colorado getting the inside scoop on what uh, UC Boulder is going to wind up doing. But What is he doing in Colorado? I just told he's you. He's on vacation. No, he's, he's on the front lines getting information about if Colorado is going to join the Big 12.
2: Reese, don't give him away. He's, he's sorry.
0: vacationing sorry. in Boulder?
1: That's Oh, tell him to hit me up. I'll tell him where to go.
0: Yeah, sorry. Anyway. Anyway, so but I
1: also I also can't afford Boulder, so never mind.
0: Oh my gosh, dude, Boulder's so expensive. I know, it's so expensive, did but that, it's so nice. Did I tell you guys, I did this I, just for funsies, I nerd walleted. No, I did this with you, Dave. Nerd walleted, but the house, houses <laughs> in Boulder aren't like the average house in Boulder is like 700 grand right now. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. No, I was looking and, at it. And, and all the houses the are so time. tiny. Oh, it's terrible.
2: It's terrible. Yeah, we couldn't get like a one apartment. Bedroom for what our mortgage is. It's not
0: <laughs> the Fountain Jeez. City Sports Media apartment. If we all chip in, guys, we can afford this. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so Sam Kuyper Jr. wanted us to share this fact. There were 72 college football games that had over 3 million TV viewers last season. 32 included the Big Ten, and 31 included the SEC, where it does not mean more. The rest of college football had nine games combined. So, wow. I know the Big Ten's caught a lot of flack being like, oh, you guys are just adding USC and UCLA, you know, to get markets, and what's the geographical footprint, all that going on. But don't you think the SEC would have eventually gone after USC and UCLA and tried to make some sort of, like, Super League, even if it's not, like, SEC, but it's, like, the ESPN Super League? I personally think that if we're talking about this, like, the SEC is Darth Vader, But ESPN is Senator Palpatine. Do you think that's where it was headed? Some sort of ESPN presents G League, NFL, Super League? I I think you hit
2: the nail on the head there. Um, And I think um, what we're coming down to is that it's going to be a a battle, not between the SEC and Big Ten, but it's going to be between ESPN and Fox. Mm -hmm. Um, That that seems to be uh, where this is all heading. Um, it, it's just who can get the bigger deal and who can get the bigger markets.
0: Do you think, uh, do you think we're going to wind up with some sort of like AFC, NFC, college football now where it's going to be like Big Ten, SEC? Or do you think that like the remaining current Power Five schools can somehow band together and make some sort of third adjacent Big Three?
2: Yeah, the latter is what I'm hoping for. Um, just because there's so much parity in college football. Um, I, I know the SEC has dominated as far as the playoff goes in recent memory, but I think part of what makes football great, college football great, is that you do have the upsets that you don't really see in the NFL. It, it's not like, you know, the Jets are going to make the Super Bowl next year. Um, but you do have cases where, like, a Cincinnati. Um, can make the top four uh, which we saw last year which Mm -hmm. was great so i'm hoping that they can um at least try to get some balance where obviously the sec and big 10 are going to dominate but i'm hoping that you know the big 12 can sort of get who's ever left and hopefully the acc can hold on to clemson hold on to Forest state hold on to miami uh keep them away from the sec and and get better tv deals so that they can actually compete with as you see in the Big Ten.
1: I think. I think things are slowly going the opposite direction. As much as I would love to also be oh, on the 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 pro end of that, but I think it's it's gone from power five to power two. Especially now that we're seeing um, Notre Dame actually might join the Big Ten. That's kind of the next domino to fall. If Notre mm-hmm. Dame does join, and then we get Michigan, Ohio State, USC, Notre Dame, like oh boy, like it's definitely going to become a power a power power two league as opposed to any of this power five bs anymore
0: yep
2: you're right Uh, i was just going to add on the notre dame thing um it it seems like we're just waiting for them to decide what they want to do if they want to keep their independence or uh if they kind of want to wake up a bit and join either the big 10 or the sec
0: yeah that you know it's a really good transitioning point going to the next thing is that uh, i know regionally the big 10 you know, and some people would argue like hasn't been a regional conference since Penn State joined in the early 90s. But I do feel with the addition of USC and UCLA, at least there's that, you know, Rose Bowl bind to everybody there. And if they can get Notre Dame, Notre Dame's got rivals with Michigan. It's got rivals with Ohio State, Purdue, uh, USC, you know. Michigan State. Michigan State. They all hate each other. UCLA, you know, UCLA's got some bad blood with Nebraska, isn't it, or something? I don't know, Calabasca? Well, do they? I, I thought I've been seeing this online. Dude, I don't know. None of us were alive when Nebraska was good. None of us. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I do feel like the Big Ten is keeping some stuff right there. What do you think the odds are if you had to put it to a percentage right now? Don't give me the Vegas odds because I'm not good at Vegas odds. But what would you say the percentage chance is that Notre Dame finally agrees to join the Big Ten? I
2: think the odds are pretty good. I think, unfortunately, it, it, we're going to have to wait a bit. I, I think Notre Dame is taking their sweet time uh, trying to make a decision for themselves. And the reality is that they can make a decision in six days. They can make a decision in six months. They could make a decision in six years. Um, the fact is, if they say yes to the Big Ten, the Big Ten is going to take them every time, no matter how long they wait.
0: I see that happening, Armando. As our uh, Catholic correspondent on this podcast here, uh, I feel like you know Notre Dame better than any of us. Uh, you know, I, I, I was, I'm the Baylor I was, correspondent. I'm a Southern Baptist, you know, so I can tell you Baylor is not joining the Big Ten anytime soon.
1: I was I was just on the phone with Father Pat O'Reilly, and I, it has been confirmed they are joining the Big Tw- the Big Ten tomorrow.
0: Do I need to tell Boston College their invites not coming? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <they're> out, yeah. <laughs> sorry, boys. Sorry. Uh, no, I think I think there's a good chance Notre Dame finally joins. I know that they played hardball for the longest time because they love that independence. You know, and that deal they had with uh, mm-hmm. NBC, even when the Big Ten Network was at its current zenith, you know, was kind of comparable to the payout each of those schools were getting. But I feel like the first crack in the wall was when they did that sort of like, I don't know, open relationship with the ACC. You know, where it's like, you can go play whoever you want, but remember who you're coming home to. It's like four of us a year, and everyone's like, okay, whatever. And for a while there, they were like ACC and basketball full-time even before that, weren't they? Yeah. Yep, yep, they still are. Yep. Now, I know one thing people talk about is the uh, the, the the contract the ACC is currently, you know, all locked into is that grant of rights that runs through like 2039 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So here's a, here's a quick quote from uh from Twitter, from Josh Pate, or Josh Pate, I don't want to say his name, but he said, quote, we'll figure it out in court, was the quote given to me from an ACC school last week regarding the grant of rights. They'll be ready to move if the call comes from the Big Ten or the SEC. Do you think there's a chance that Notre Dame goes to the SEC? I don't think it makes any
2: sense for them to go to the SEC. Um, I, I think... They're big on academics, which favors the Big Ten. Plus, they already have four built-in rivals with the Big Ten already. Yeah, you mentioned Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, and USC now. Four trophy games, actually, right? Yeah. Um, So I I think that makes the most sense for them, unless the SEC somehow offers just an insane amount of money that uh, Notre Dame can't say no to. Um, but yeah, you mentioned the NBC deal. Um, I think that goes through 2025, uh, the grant of rights, I think only pertains to basketball, Mm. um, which is another key factor for here. Um, if Notre Dame wants to go, they can go anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't,
1: it doesn't make sense for Notre Dame to go to the sec. And I think that would hurt them as a football team as well because like Notre Dame's good but Notre Dame is going to want those you know Thursday night games against Rutgers and Northwestern as opposed to playing Bama Georgia Mm -hmm. I mean just like like week after week and I think Notre Dame is successful be- because they're not in a good conference and because they can make it to like the f- college football playoff, you know, having some of those games against Rutgers, having some of those games against Indiana. Um so it would it would not be to their advantage. Like yes, they'd probably make more money, but them as a football team and them as a football program I think would go not under but it would not be good for them.
0: Well, I mean, they're going to have a first-year head coach next year, right? They are. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was their defensive
2: coordinator, right? I I'm blanking on his name, but um, yeah, it, it's a guy they're familiar with, but uh, he was on staff.
0: It's, it's not fickle, is it?
2: No, he he's still at Cincinnati. Oh duh,
0: I always get that mixed up because uh, the guy they had before was from Cincinnati as well. So I'm just like, oh, hold on, what's the Cincinnati musical chairs here? Um, I think there's a good chance Notre Dame finally joins the Big Ten. I think, uh, I think. Okay, you know that episode of South Park where Canada loses the strike, but they're like, okay, but you have to make – like, we agree to settle, but you have to agree to, like, let us look like we got a victory in this. What do you think the odds are Notre Dame agrees to join the Big Ten? They still want to act like they're doing the Big Ten a favor, so they get one thing. What do you think that one thing Notre Dame gets if they join the Big Ten is?
2: I think they get to – man – See, here's the thing. You're you're talking about Notre Dame, but really Ohio State is still the one who's going to run the conference. Um, I, I think they'll do Notre Dame a solid by giving them the protected rivals that they want. Um, it's going to be USC for sure and Michigan for sure. And mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe if they want a cupcake, they can give them Rutgers. They can give them Northwestern.
0: I don't think they want Rutgers and Northwestern, but... I think maybe Purdue. Maybe Purdue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Purdue, definitely. Purdue. I could see that. Uh, You know, I could see the one caveat being kind of the situation where Notre Dame is like, all right, we're going to join, but you have to let our little brother come too. And the little brother is NBC. And NBC then Mm. gets a slice of that Big Ten Network broadcasting rate. And all of the Notre Dame games are still on NBC. I see that being a thing. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, it's not out of their own possibility, isn't it? Because for the longest time, it was like ESPN and CBS had rights to the SEC until, you know, of course, Palpatine grabbed all of the rights away from CBS. The SEC network. Gosh, that's so stupid. So stupid. Well, anyway, uh, the last big thing I'm going to talk about then is where the chips lie We've already kind of talked about the concept of, you know, would the SEC create ESPN Super League versus, you know, is this going to be some sort of different kind of like Power 2 now fighting for like 64 teams in college football? Uh, But the big thing is where does everybody else stand? Because there's still a plethora of, you know, very high-quality brands that are going to be out there on the table, including Oregon and Washington and the Arizona schools from the Pac-12, as you talked about, Dave, you're gonna have Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and some guys like that from the ACC. Do you see other schools in the country banding together with probably the anchor institution of the Big Twelve to try and save a three-party system in college football?
2: It's funny. I, I think um, the the Big Twelve um, made it sound like you know um, Oregon, Washington. Uh, and some of the California schools were, or the Arizona schools, they made it sound like they had a deal today that uh, they're going to announce something or at least have meetings. But uh, then Reese, sent something to me a little bit ago that said that uh, might not be true.
0: Yeah, uh, there's, there's talk coming out of that area. Let me pull that back up really quick.
1: Well, I was going to say, so uh, as of three hours ago, there's reports saying that Phil Knight wants Oregon to join the Big Ten.
0: Uh, I, of course, why wouldn't he want to work to join the Big Ten? They've got the most money. and Uh,
1: But the reason why I bring that up is because the report that I also brought up about the Big 12 had Oregon in it, but now he's shifting focus from that to the Big Ten.
2: Okay. Yeah, it it makes sense for them to want to join the Big Ten, Um, especially Phil Knight. He's put so much money into that program Um, just to go to a lesser conference, uh, I think, would be a loss for him i mean can you name anyone that's put as much money into their program as full night
0: oh man that's hard um money into a program uh does warren buffett love nebraska <laughs> i don't think so yeah he's an iowa guy um warren
1: buffett doesn't love nebraska and doesn't love sam kuyper jr
0: dude, i'm so sorry uh goodness no i mean you, you're probably right because i mean that, that I, i've heard that entire modern Oregon program, you know, was built off of Knight and the and Nike money. Mm-hmm. Well, so here's a question for you. Looking at the Big 12, who they currently have. And I, I'm just going to include the future universities in there as well. So the Big 12 is looking mm-hmm. at Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, West Virginia, BYU, Central Florida, Cincinnati, Houston. So that currently puts them, by my count, at 12 teams. 12, yep. Uh, If this is going to be like serious super leagues and we have 20-plus individuals per conference, probably likely 24, do you see a big 12 of those members, including these members, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, Clemson, Louisville, Pitt, Florida State, and Miami. And then one other team. Those keeping track, that's twenty-three. So let's say that there's some mystery team that hops on board though. Like, I don't know, like Virginia Tech or something. Do you see that being a viable and equal third branch of government to the big twelve or sorry to the big ten and to the SEC?
2: You named some heavy hitters there. Um you said oregon you said clemson you said forest state miami didn't you
0: mhm yep
2: i mean man i i third comfortably um i think you could make a case for number 2 number 2 ahead of big 10 It's very top heavy. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say,
1: is that the the uh, Big Ten is top heavy with Michigan, Ohio State, uh, USC and like teams that, you know, can beat a lot of the Big 12 teams. But the Big 12 has this like, um, how do I want to describe it? They have a really deep bench. like like any of these guys could beat them you know any given Saturday or Thursday night so have you Mm -hmm. Um, but I still think that it's it's SEC big 10 big 12 even with those additions because like Oregon's good but Oregon Oregon's not knocking on no college football playoff door right now you know what I mean
0: yeah they haven't been really relevant since Mariota was there uh, so here's the only downside to my uh, hypothetical I just listed is that, you know, it's more than likely that Clemson, Florida State, and Miami probably gets poached by the SEC rather than the Big 12. So if they go to the SEC, that would put them in 19. You know, this, this is really worth, like, hashing out all these things. But let's say uh, instead of those three, the Big 12, then NABs, uh, North Carolina, uh, Virginia Tech, Boston College and, I don't know, one more rando school. Do you think then that is still a viable third option in college football?
2: Sounds great for college basketball. True. Uh, (laughs) uh, College football, no. Um, I I think North Carolina is building, but who knows how long Mac Brown's going to be there. True. Um, Boston College, you know, they're you can mark them down for seven to five every year.
0: Shit, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: I I don't remember who else you said, but um, not a lot of big names there.
0: Brand recognition, it definitely goes down a notch to being like. Remember in NCAA fourteen, where like schools had prestige ratings, you know, and like what was Iowa's prestige in that? Like B plus, probably oh, probably like a B, yeah, yeah, B, B, plus. B plus. I I think then you're in like a lot of like B to B minus territory. Whereas like Clemson's prestige is probably like A minus, Florida State's probably like A minus to A. Miami's probably like B plus A minus. So, yeah, it would change things. That would change things up. Uh well, hey, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna review beer. And uh when we come back after that, we're gonna talk about how the future of college football's potential landscape might affect the development into the NFL. So stay tuned. Crispy beer review coming up, and then sparkling takes afterwards.
1: gentlemen we are back from a spicy big 10 ncaa reconferencing mumbo jumbo Talk. And we are back to have a cold beer with David. Uh David's gonna be reviewing a beer. Um, and as you all know, uh and if you don't know, we will tell you how we review beers on this podcast. Uh we rate our beers from zero to ten, zero being the worst of the category, ten being the best of the category. If we if they hover around nine and ten, then we can talk about if is this beer gonna go on our Mount Crushmore. but that is we'll see what happens happens, huh, David? What are you going to be drinking for us? Then I'll talk about the categories.
2: I have from uh, Back Pocket Brewing. Uh, It's out of Iowa City, I think. Uh, It's called Iowa Vibes. It's a tangerine sour ale. There's the can art for those that you can see it.
0: Right on.
1: Great can art. Great can art. Okay, cool. So uh, the first category that we have, David, and we love Iowa beers on this podcast, so we're glad that you're doing this one for us. Go ahead and uh, pour that into a glass. Cool. And now give us the... um Uh, give us the appearance on this beer. How does that beer look to you? Um, and it could be really anything. I'm not a connoisseur when it comes to sour ale. So please, uh, anything goes here.
0: Anything goes, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah,
2: it's, uh, it's very light. Um, you can't really see through it. Uh, so it's, uh, a little heavy that way, but, um, nice, uh, orangey look to it. It's always interesting
1: to, like, see the difference between, like, a translucent and a cloudy sour. Because mm-hmm. this sour, if you look on the can, can you tell me whether there's lactose in it? And if it doesn't say it, then I guess it doesn't. Because it has to say it for milk purposes. Yeah,
0: if, uh, It must not. Yeah, I guess if it's a tangerine sour, it probably Just goes into uh, a bunch of lactose.
1: Got it. In. Yeah, because a lot of the lactose sours that I see are are just like super cloudy, almost look like hazy IPAs, and that one is a really nice mix of like kind of mm-hmm. translucent, kind of not. That's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, what do you give the rating then? Zero out of ten? Coolest beer you've ever seen, or not, or in between? It's 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 a good looking beer. It looks crushable. Um, we'll we'll give it an eight point five to start. All right. 8.5. We love that. Second on our list is Aroma. Give it a nice sniff and let us know um, what you
2: smell on that sour ale. The the tangerine is heavy. Um, it, it's, it's very tart, um, which where that sour comes from. So yeah, I, I would give that probably like an 8.3. 8.3, all right, pretty good. Let's see if the
1: tartness on the smell is equivalent to the tartness on the tongue. With flavor,
2: our favorite category. Yeah, it, it hits you with the the tangerine right away, uh, that orange taste. And then um, going down, it's, it's that nice sour. Um, keeps coming back for more solid solid it's good that you wait
1: you live in Iowa City we just talked about this or you're from there
2: close uh, about 20 minutes north of Iowa City
1: okay cool so did you get they obviously distribute everywhere but the brewery's Mm -hmm. close by it is yeah have you been to the brewery I have not really Um, mm -mm. Reese have you been there
0: oh no no I haven't been to like any Iowa breweries basically I mean I've been to let's see been a single speed, toppling G, the big ones in Des Moines. Uh, buh, 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 I'm going to let my voice drop. Oh, and uh, that one in Dubuque I love that I always forget the name. It's like it's like the flags. Uh, hold on. Look this up. Keep talking. Keep vamping.
1: <laughs> Actually, while you look it up, why, we can just truck on to mouthfeel. Why don't you take another sip and let us know how is the mouthfeel? Does it feel light? Does it feel heavy? Feel crispy? Is it too tangy on the tongue? What
0: shout out se- Shout out Seven Hills Brewing in Dubuque. Great beer. Seven Hills. Uh, yeah.
2: Um Yeah, mouthfeel. Um it, it's tangy on the way down and it doesn't really go away. Uh it just kind of sits there with the with a heavy feel. We're we're about five seconds away from that and it, it's still there. So yeah. Solid. Zero out of ten. What do you think? Um yeah, I don't it's not my thing when it kind of just sits there for a long time, so we'll give it like a seven six. Seven
1: six, all right, solid, solid. Now um, you've talked a little bit about aftertaste. Expand on your aftertaste, because what do you think? Well, as it's going down, you you have talked about it a little bit different on the front end. You said the tangerine, you feel something different when it when it's on the back end. Give it another taste, see what you think on aftertaste.
2: Yeah, um, the the tangerine goes away pretty quickly, and then the sour just kind of sits back in your throat. Um, so that's what I'm getting a lot of.
1: What's what's the alcohol content on it? I'm curious.
2: It is a four point two. Oh, nice! A cr- a crushable beer, perhaps. Very on a nice <laughs> warm summer day. Mm. It's Solid. A, about hundred and five heat index here today, so very oh crushable. Oh my god!
1: Did you say a hundred and five? Hundred and five. That's savage. In, in
2: Iowa. Oh yeah. Is that normal or is this like world record? It's not world record. Um, it, I mean, it's pretty rare. Um, but we'll have uh, a decent stretch where it's in the 90s, and it's just so humid. Um, I was going like, to say
1: 105 in Phoenix, where I'm from, is fine, but somewhere close to Kansas City, that sounds unbearable. Sucks.
2: Yeah, I, I think the humidity was like 75% today, um, <laughs> which Reese knows all about this living in Kansas City. But uh, Yeah. It's just frozen in time, like you can't move. Dude, exactly. You just go outside, and your glasses immediately sweat. Yeah, dude. Chunky,
1: wonky. Holy moly! Um, okay, sorry to to deter from that. Uh, give us a number on aftertaste. It, it's good. I'll, I'll give it like a eight point one. 8.1 all right solid solid eights and sevens across the board we love that and last but not least david we have stonk drinkability quotient how awesome is this beer how badass is this beer um you can even talk about the can art if you want but what do you feel what are what are the vibes on this nice sour ale
2: yeah yeah the iowa vibes very nice um it, it's a great summer beer um i would have this um few in a row um i'd give it like a like a solid 8.6 very crushable but after a couple you probably switch it up you know
1: definitely dude just have like a what's what's that candy a war it looks like a warhead on your tongue if you have three of those
0: (laughs) dude dave Dave, are you big sour guy I mean, do you like sour beers i'm really not but um this one's doing it for me okay right on right on uh, it's, uh, it's like what's that line from Hellraiser? It's like we have so many things to show you. It's like if you're into sour, because man, I got I got so many sours in bomber bottles. Yeah, Reese, here. Reese is a sour boy. Yeah, I just the only problem is these 750 milliliters. Like it's, it's double sided sword because there's a lot of these that like you can't put into cans or 12 ounce bottles because like they pop the top just because the ingredients in them. But like 750 milliliters, some of these like eight and a half percent big sours. It's like wow, I would die, you know, or I'd be, like, foaming at the <laughs> mouth or something like that. Like in Barry. So. Hey, nice, dude. Dave, are you watching Wait, Barry?
2: Dave, are you watching Barry? Hey, no spoilers. Is that a yes? Uh, we have not started it yet. Dog. Um, Life you with haven't started we...
1: the first season, or? I haven't
2: started at all. Oh, okay, okay but okay. you want to um, watch it. Okay, It, we it is on the list, but no. Life with a two-year-old, we get a lot of... Uh, disney plus movies mm. um armando you'll you'll know soon enough
1: i can't wait for Blippi? the as they call it the terrible twos
0: dude bluey B- blippy you watching blippy what's blippy go go youtube blippy but i dare you it's like the ring where like once you start you can never stop because it's cursed and your kid's gonna fall in love with it that's the curse oh god it sounds like coco melon yeah.
1: You said another, I'm going to learn all of these and then we're going to do a podcast on like, like the top Disney plus
2: movies. Of I can't wait to 2023. power rank. I can't wait to power rank kids shows. <laughs> Dude.
1: <laughs> but before we power rank kids shows, we're going to have to power rank the outcome of the big 10 and the NCAA football trajectory. That's a long run-on sentence, so we'll see you on the other side, ladies and gentlemen.
0: sour beer uh thank you very much for that dave it makes me pine for the piney goodness of the ipas in um, my home state uh it makes me uh pang for the tang of those delicious sour ales that you're you're grabbing up there uh dave are you very versed in toppling goliath that's what we have to ask every i one on the show oh of course oh dude it's so good it's, it, it's undefeated it's the best it's undefeated it's uh it, it really is never lost yeah what about single speed? Do you drink a lot of single speed?
2: I do. We try to get up to uh, single speed every now and then. It's only an hour away. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, but they have that uh, new brewery in Waterloo. Um yeah. it, oh, It's just so good.
0: That place is dope. It really is dope. Um, yeah, I forget the Waterloo is always South Cedar Falls. I don't know why I keep forgetting that, but not important either here or there. The big thing is we're talking about South We're talking about cold weather climates. We are obviously talking about the Big Ten and the SEC and what the future of the landscape of college football is going to look like. Uh, One thing on everybody's mind is that when the SEC added OU and Texas last year, the big talk was are they going to make some sort of like 24 or 32 team super league, so to say, that's only like the creme de la creme of college football which at that point I think it's pretty fair to say Dave if we're saying like the top 32 in college football are you getting a little you sweating a little bit about if Iowa gets included in that party I'm
2: I'm not um I think they're uh you know top 25 ranked um, most years um, even if their recruiting is in the top 50 most years um, but I think what they have going for them is Stability right now. I, I know you can say what you want about Kirk Ferentz, but one thing he has made is a stable program, which you know the Nebraskas, the Illinois, the Minnesotas can't say right now, which I, I think makes them solidly in the top thirty.
0: Yeah, I, I would say Iowa is probably like the the NCAA tournament equivalent of the last four in where we're probably like right. sweating it till Selection Sunday. Because the thing that worries me is that there are other brands out there that aren't better than Iowa football and have not been for the past probably close to 20 years. But I'm talking like, does Miami get in over Iowa? Does Virginia Tech get in over Iowa? Does Washington, Oregon get in over Iowa? You know, there's a lot of those schools that it's like the on-field product is better at Iowa. The dollars, the university, and honestly, the fan base is, at the very least, we'll call it a push as good at Iowa but I'd be a little bit nervous about, you know, like, who makes the final cut here, you know? It's like, Iowa's not sexy is the problem. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, Iowa doesn't have the population, doesn't turn the needle those other places. Either way, not here nor there, knocking on desk, which is made of some sort of compressed splinter wood, we are not heading towards a very small, consolidated Super League. But there are still talks about if college football is headed the way of being a developmental league for the NFL. Which you know, for a long time, people have said, "Well, you know, they're basically employees; they're not athletes of these schools." But there are specifications in place that players don't have to graduate, but you have to be at least of a junior qualification through college football before you can go and play in the NFL. Uh, you know, you have all these places where you have to meet academic requirements to get into even like a Mac level university before you can get to a good enough place to be drafted. Do you see any big rule changes in college football if we wind up with like, let's just hypothetically set the set the bar at uh, 72. We have three power conferences, 24 teams, 72, three conference Super League. Do you see any big rule changes for players to enter the NFL draft?
2: So who sets the rules? It's the NFL, is it not? I believe it's the NFL. I, You know – the NBA, um, it's one thing where you can be one and done and go to the league. Um, but the NFL football is just so physical. I, I think your body does have to be a certain type and a certain age to actually get into the league and actually make it through, I, I mean, now an even extended long, longer season, um, adding that 17th game and then the extra playoff game. I don't, ch- I don't see any changes, whether it's like, you know, adding freshmen or adding sophomores letting them into the NFL draft. I I see them staying with the juniors and seniors. The interesting thing um, I think is going to happen, though, is when it comes to name image likeness, um, players making money off of that, um, how that's going to uh, sort of change the landscape of how it's kind of, I think, maybe weed out the players um, at the college level. I wonder how that's going to um, change scouting and change how the NFL views these players uh, to see how they can handle success, how they can handle money.
0: No, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I mean, you know, as, as David said, NIL right now has left me feeling geeked and fired up. All I want tonight is to just get higher. Dude, these players look so good. Oh, they just look they look so good loyalty 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 it's just not there anymore with NIL and players not having to like stay at a school for more than a year uh you see this is kind of hard to like quantify i wish i had like the iron man thing where it's like make this smaller all right scope that out you know so let's say this loyalty does not matter you got a little circle right there you have Let's say 72 teams that realistically are the new power teams that will get looked at for being part of the top division Super League of college football. You have NIL, which means you can transfer in and out wherever you want, wherever you want, however you want. Uh, do you see a consolidation of talent in now a smaller pool of realistic schools they'll get a look at for NFL drafts But with that consolidation of talent, you have more talent riding the bench, never seeing the field as much, and developing. Do you see that as being a detriment to the NFL over time? It might take five, might take 10, might take 15 years. But do you see that being a future detriment to the NFL?
2: Uh, I don't. um, I think scouting for these teams has just gotten so good um, that they can find talent at any level i mean you're seeing more and more players getting drafted out of the fbs division two it's just hard for me to think that it's gonna be worse finding players at that level
0: right on
1: yeah i i think that with the reconfiguration of the conferences, I think this actually helps the NFL because now we're going to see more meaningful games than we did previously. Like, yes, I joke about USC versus Rutgers and Northwestern, but now we're going to see USC versus... Ohio State possibly every year, USC-Michigan every year, USC-Michigan State. Uh, we're still going to see USC-Notre Dame. And so we're going to see like very good competition day in and day out, just like we see in the SEC all the time. But now we're going to see it in different conferences, and that's why a lot of these coaches um, – it, the, it's not the anti-argument of what David just said about how like scouts are – You know, picking these, you know, uh, conference two team uh, players because their scouts are better. But there is also an appreciation for if you play in the SEC. That counts when we evaluate you as a player like, yes, maybe the guy from Bowling Green has better specs than you do. But you were playing night in and night out against Alabama, Georgia um, and all these really great teams. And that matters when it translates to the NFL. So I think this actually helps because now we're going to see a lot better competition. You know, maybe that week five matchup last year didn't matter. But now this week five matchup is really going to matter to scouts. Um, so it might it might make recruiting better which is then more incentivized for high school players to now go to these three big conferences as opposed to somewhere else
2: yeah i think you bring up a good point um with the level of competition because i think it will weed out uh the players that can't cut it and if they don't play well then they'll just transfer to a lesser division
0: with players transferring to a lesser division, do you still think that they will get enough of a look to be considered for the NFL draft? Or do you think someone that could be a potential I'm just throwing this out there. Say Clyde Edwards Alaire. Clyde Edwards Alaire, who played at a power school, uh that level of talent decides to transfer out with NIL to go play for Western Michigan to get more playing time, uh, get, you know, rile ups more stats. Do you think that kind of player goes from being a fringe first second round pick to dropping down to being like a later fifth or even sixth round pick. Yeah, I think you could
2: um make a case where he's a you know seventh round, maybe undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um get him on a team. I mean y- you can see um you know if he plays well like a western Michigan or whatever, um and the stats are there. The talent is there. I, I think for sure that these players will still get a chance and if it's not at the nfl it'll be at you know the usfl or whatever where players are still getting picked from uh to go to the nfl yeah
1: i'd oh just really quickly sorry then you can go reese but i think a lot of buzz happens from these college playoffs like staying on your clyde edwards a example like if he didn't dominate Clemson in the in the College Football Playoff National Championship, there's no way that his stock would have risen all the way to round one, regardless of how he plays, his body, the combine, et cetera, et cetera. Those, those games really matter. So, yeah, if someone does decide to go to another school to take advantage of their NIL, then they also have to consider, well, then guess what, buddy? You're not going to be a first-round pick anymore.
0: That's a good point. Uh, I know we've talked about it for a long time, but, I mean, you know, barring a few, you know, the the Cincinnati's and Boise State flare-ups of the world, for the longest time there has been a, you know, a big divide between the upper half of Power 5 schools and your ball states, your Toledo's, your Sunbelt Conference teams. That It's gotten better, and with NIL, you know, it is now any given Saturday, you know, App State can go in and beat Michigan in a one-off game sort of situation, catch them napping. But between FCS and between, you know, even your Iowas, there's just like a canyon-sized gap. And the fact that FBS has now ballooned up to like 130-plus teams, you know, and teams that don't really have a chance to win a national championship. What I'm getting at with this is if you see a Super League of approximately, let's say, like 50 to 70-odd teams. Yep. Do you see there being a new division that sits between FCS and the Super League where when NFL scouts are evaluating talent, you get more of a benefit of a doubt now and be like, these guys played Super League. This is a first to second round draft pick. These guys played mid-major football. This is probably like a mid-third to fifth round draft pick. These guys played FCS ball. This is probably like, you know, a lottery pick in the sixth, seventh round. Uh Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, they'll they'll get more of the benefit of the doubt, um, playing at the higher level. Um, I I still go back to I think these younger players, they their bodies develop, they they grow into their bodies. Um, if they have to start at the FCS level, um, I, I think they can still develop um, and be good enough to go to the NFL. Like guys like Christian Watson that went to the the Packers in the second round.
0: Boo. <laughs> Yeah, we almost got Christian Watson. We were thinking about that for a hot second, remember? Kind of, yeah, right? Uh, kind of on the same
1: vein, uh, Reese, but a different question that I want to shoot out <laughs> is, what are the implications for the college football playoff now that we are seeing these super conferences? That means that you're not going to see a... I forget how many games there are now in college football. It's 14?
0: 13? It depends. Yeah.
1: Let's just... Let's say 13 then. Mm-hmm. Um we're going to see less of a 12-1 and Ohio State, a 13-0 Michigan. But all of these teams have always been in like consideration. But I think now we're going to see less of that because they're going to be beating each other up like we see in the SEC. So now what's going to happen in the college football playoff? Are we going to see a uh, 13-3 and Ohio State over a 16-0 I don't know Boise State. Like, like, are there now? Because before it was like you can lose one game and that's it. But now, are people going to be able to lose two, three, four to get into those top four spots?
0: Well, I mean, SEC has always been given a longer leash than everybody else. There was talk of it could an eleven. What was it like a a nine and three Alabama team get into the playoff this year, which is total uh-huh. total malarkey. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I can see that being a case where. You know, eleven and one becomes the new ten and two, so on and so forth. I can't see a world where they stick to four playoff spots. I mean that it's just not no, working no right way. now. yeah, viewerships going down. I think they have to go to at least eight. I'm not sure how they figure out those eight. I still think they have to cap it at conferences. I know Dave, you me and Sam talked a little bit earlier about you know some sort of twelve team situation where mm-hmm. SEC and Big Ten get an automatic three. And then, you know, there's another potential for a fourth for both of them, but no more than four. So the SEC can't be like, well, we we deserve to have nine teams in the playoff this year. No, none of that crap. And then the remaining four to six squads come from everybody else. Do you Mm -hmm. see the playoff expanding, Dave?
2: I think it has to. Um, I I think as these conferences grow, four just doesn't make sense. Mm -mm. Um, Like, if you're going to have a Big Ten and SEC at i mean right now it's 16 but if they go to 20 teams um you know the the best team in the conference might might be like eight and four Mm -hmm. um that's very possible so i think they have to go to at least eight is the minimum um i think we want to see 12 or 16 um i i know you know if you allow 16 teams in um that 16th team really doesn't have a chance to win the national championship but um it at least allows i don't want to say lesser teams but teams from like a cincinnati or boise to actually get in um and make a name for themselves
0: that's fair i'm all for opportunities you know i mean nobody saw maryland baltimore county winning that game against virginia in the ncaa tournament a few years ago took a while but it happened law of averages Anyway, uh, we're running low on time here. Gentlemen, do you either of you have any last words in regards to this college football expansion or what it means for the future of the NFL? Uh,
2: I, I think my last thing would just to, uh, be patient. Uh, it sounds like the Big Ten is just going to sit pat for a while um, until Notre Dame makes a decision. Um, I, I think at this point, the next move has to be a good one. Um, so I, I they're just going to take their time here.
0: Well, Armando, before you jump in, Dave, would you say if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten, that's kind of the linchpin that just sends like the entire floodgates opening up in regards to like the Pac ten or the Pac twelve and the ACC getting poached and we're on our way to a twenty fourteen comp conf- like mega conference? I think
2: it would ramp it up for sure.
0: Yep. Cool. All right, Armando. I think one thing that we didn't
1: touch today and I'll touch a little bit is sports betting. I think that sports betting is going to be like totally different now because now a game that like the first time that the USC quarterback has to travel for a snow game and have it be against a records have it be against Northwestern in like in like windy snowy Chicago like I would not bet on USC and it's going to make it really fun. So if if we have any betting people out there, bet against all these West Coast teams on their first big road trip.
0: Hey, I think I saw on Twitter, though, that, you know, USC has to go play in Utah, which can also get down to like 32 degrees. So, you know, that's that's the exact same thing as being in the Midwest in 32 degrees, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> that's a bunch of crap. I'm going to go off on this really quick. No, that's like saying that, you know, being 100 in dry heat is the same as like 100 in humidity. It's like Midwest cold is entirely different than yeah. hanging out in the mountains cold, dude. It sucks. The wind blows. It's wetter. It's more Siberian. It's an entirely different level of cold. And like,
1: and like, granted, USC always plays Notre Dame, but they play them at the very end of the season. When like, even though there's a lot of weather, like that team is put together at that point. Like the chemistry is there. I think they can battle against the weather, but have it be like week two, week three, and they're having to head out to the Midwest. That's a whole different story.
0: A whole different story, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thank you for listening to the chapter of this story of Fountain City Sports Media. Dave, thank you for taking the time, Mr. Family yeah, Man, dude. to come and join us in the podcast. We Thanks, really buddy. appreciate seeing you, my dude.
2: Yeah, you bet. Uh, it was fun coming on, and I'll talk about Aaron Rodgers for a bit. Boo Aaron
1: and boo Christian Watson for not being on the Chiefs.
0: Dude, it's going to be great. Uh, you keep thinking about the nickname, Dave, and uh, next time we see you might be the Fountain City Sports Media Trivia Bowl. So Ooh. come prepared, Mr. College Knowledge. You bet. Let's go. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been Fountain City Sports Media. Keep it safe and go Chiefs. Download. We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews.